0: Talk Radio Welcome to Stock Market Investing with the Armor Report. I'm Brett Rosenthal. This is our week in review. Thanks for joining me, everybody. Um lot to discuss. Let's remember the Armour Report stands for Algorithmic Risk Management Research. So we start and end all of our decisions when it comes to buying a stock or selling a stock based on risk management first, capture upside second, the three-stage process, the armor investing way. We build our whiteboard, talk about fundamental ideas we're going to share today, stocks that are at the top of our whiteboard, or what we call top-shelf names, that we're looking to buy in the coming weeks. Then we look at our second stage of our process is looking at Algorithms right? So we're going to break down today, look at the algorithms for our big indexes that drive our big risk decisions from 30,000 feet, and then we'll dive down into um, group ETF algos and then individual stock setups. And then, of course, the third stage that wraps it all together, puts a bow on it, is sound stop loss disciplines, right? It protects us from ourselves It stops us from guessing what's going to happen next and just executing. If you put those three pieces together, this three-step process, it should make investing easier to execute and simpler to understand. You can get rid of all the noise you hear around you and just execute the process. And over time, net worth will follow, right? So, if you enjoy this conversation, don't forget you can subscribe to the YouTube channel right down here, or you can subscribe to the Armour Report if you wish. And I'm going to share with you the screen you saw a minute ago is the Armour Report. Once you become an insider, you get access. I'm going to take you through into the Armour Report, and we'll touch on a couple of things as we go. And of course, don't forget, it always helps. You hit the like button, let everybody know. Share this idea with your friends, because the bigger we make the Armour community, the stronger we are. I like to say we're an army of analysts. Armour Insiders, followed up by Tank Division of Algorithms, and that's how we're going to create alpha, okay? So, um, of course, before I dive in here, don't forget, I'm sharing information that I use in my personal portfolio. I'm not telling you what stocks to buy. I couldn't do that. I don't know you personally. I couldn't give you that advice. I don't know your risk tolerance. I don't know what your goals are, okay? So you all have to figure that out on your own. What I hope that you get from these conversations is an investing process that you can have for a lifetime. It's the old, give a man a fish he eats for the day, give her a fish she eats for a day, give them, teach them how to fish, they eat for a lifetime. That's the point here. All right, let's dive in. Um, So this is the Armour Report, and of course, if you're an insider, you click on this button here, and it takes you into the Armour Report, and we have basically three major um, areas of the Armour Report. Model portfolios, exclusive videos, whiteboard, which is where we talk about our fundamental research, and the risk monitor, which we monitor. That's what we use to monitor our top um, eight algorithms telling us the direction of the market. So let's start there and um, drill down. I always like to start first by looking at the big indexes, okay? So NASDAQ 100. And this is the big question, and I posted a couple of thoughts up there in the comments section of what people are um, are uh, saying about uh, the market, some of these questions, right? Supposedly, money managers are 100% invested and they're on margin. Um, And, you know, supposedly a total percentage of bulls dropped 20% last week while the market was consolidated. This is an example of the type of information that won't make us a penny. It won't protect us, it won't make us any money. All it will do was will be to make us run from pillar to post because right after those two pieces of information, I can share with you that there's massive U.S. equity inflows that have been coming into the market at a time that's not normal, looking back through history. So what happens when you read all of these statistics <laughs> is that, you know, Number one, you just get confused and you get sick and tired of it and you just say, forget it, I'm not going to do this. Or number two, you'll pick out the statistics that fit your own thinking and make you more and more sure of your own thinking. Like you'll avoid the stuff that you really should be paying attention to, which is helping you balance your thinking. And you'll just, oh, yeah, if if you're a bullish investor, you'll just point to all the equity inflows. Market's going to go through the roof, right? So – All of that stuff is noise, and I just put it over here, and I don't pay any attention to it. The Armour Investing Way is a three-stage process. Build our whiteboard, look at algorithms that tell us when to put money to work. Algos don't care about all the ridiculous news stories, some of which are true, some aren't true. Everyone's got an axe to grind. Everything you read in the paper, I mean, I hope I don't sound too much like a cynic here, but... Uh, let, let me take you to uh, one of my favorite parts of the Armour Report. and It's something I've been building for a long time, and I'm sharing it with Armour Insiders, but I really want to share this with my son and my daughter when they're ready to start managing their own money. And so I call this Investing Rules of the Road. Okay? And I'm just putting together this list of things I've learned over the years. And as an Armour Insider, you have access to all this. Um, and, and one of the things on the list, let's see if I can find it. Um, This is something my dad always taught me. Rule number five, believe nothing of what you hear slash read and only half of what you see. Believe nothing of what you hear and only half of what you see. That's not cynic. That's just reality. That's life. So before you read too many things from a brokerage firm meant to get you to do something, realize they have an ax to grind. So this is why I've created the Armor Investing Way. For me, I just I, I couldn't stand all that. And after a while I realized it doesn't get me anywhere. So all I care about, all that really matters to me, are algorithms from a big standpoint. Because all they do is is follow fund flows. And of course, there's thousands of lines of code, there's many things that they do. But what we're what we like to say here is price is king. Price is king. The price action's king. Everything else is noise. Everything else is the jester, okay? So could this be a double top in the NASDAQ 100 and the market implodes? It could, and I'm not going to even begin to come out here and tell you what I think is going to happen uh, next week. I don't know what's going to happen next week. What I can tell you is we are long and strong the market until such time as our stops are hit and we have to go back to cash. We got long the market right here at the 50-day moving average on this break right? As it broke out, so we got long in here. Our index only portfolio is 142%, 143% long the market. And by the way, we're not using margin. We're just using ETFs that are twice the performance of the S&P and twice the performance of the NASDAQ. And then we fill out the rest of the portfolio with our other indexes that we monitor, okay? So it gives us exposure, we actually have 5% cash in the portfolio, but the way we do it, it gives us more than 100% exposure to volatility, okay? So um, should this break down from the double top and break back below the 50-day, chances are the algos will get stopped out, and we'll go back to cash, and that's the way it'll go, okay? It, it happens. Not every year is a year like last year. But right now, what I like to say is the trend is your friend. You guys have heard that before. And everything else you know out there is just noise. The trend is your friend. All that noise out there is designed to get you off the bus. Volatility is out there to get you off the bus, and then the market rips higher. All right, so our job, step one, what are the big indexes doing? What are the algorithms saying? So far, the algos are saying we're still long the market, and there's no reason not to be long the market. We're in this Andrews Fork uptrend this whole way. Now, I'll tell you what's frustrating for me, and I I try to keep it real on these Saturday conversations with you and on every conversation. And we have exclusive videos for Armour Insiders, 8.30 in the morning and 2.30 in the afternoon, the morning meeting, the in-game update, okay? All Armour Insiders uh, um, have access to that. And I just try to keep it honest and real, okay? There's no... the, the whole reason why I started the Armour Report and I talked to you guys, and I appreciate you here, you're you here listening to me because it helps me order my own thinking and put money to work. I started this three years ago. I didn't have a website. I was just doing videos because it helped me order my thinking and keep myself on the right track. So you guys are just as important in this, in this equation because you really helped me out, and I appreciate it. And not to mention the fact you guys have given me some phenomenal trading ideas. I think last week, and I want to call the guy out, I don't know who it was, one of you said we should be looking at CRISPR. And I made a killing on CRISPR last week, so <laughs> thanks for that call. All right, so to get, the, I digress. To get back to my conversation here, um, it's been a bit of a struggle in the swing in the invest portfolios trying to find the right group because what's really happening this year, it's really interesting. This year is a year where the indexes are grinding higher but this totally belies what's going on underneath, okay? And what's going on underneath are some unbelievable implosions in some of our favorite stocks from last year. And I think Teladoc's one of the greatest ideas in the world. The stock is getting destroyed. And that's just one example. And there are so many. I'm not going to go out there and, and, and share them all, but I mean, I'll just throw in another one, right? I mean, this stock has been down all year. So if you're, if you're investing in things like Zoom, you're having a terrible year. If you have your assets in the S&P, you're killing it. And this is an awful type of a year for a guy trying to create alpha because the the, the, the indexes are just grinding higher. And the only real alpha is to have more than 100% exposure to the indexes. All right, the Dow Dow doesn't show any signs of of a sell-off or a top. There's nothing there that would make you concerned. How about the value index? Looks like it's about to break out again of a tight pattern. And of course, we've got the innovator funds and that's where the weakness is. So we're trying to put a bottom in here and it doesn't quite seem to be able to do it. All right, so let's get back to our thought process. Step one, big indexes are still long. Algos haven't changed. Check mark. we're in a bull market. The trend is our friend. The rest is noise. If we get stopped out, then we change our approach. Okay, so um, the next step, you know, in this uh, in this process. Let's take a look at the next step in the process, okay? We're going to go to the ARM report again, all right? And so what I would say is now we're going to look at the whiteboard. What are the stocks at the top of the whiteboard that are important for us for next week? Okay, because the first thing we know is the big indexes are going higher. But this is what I really care about to start next week, um, and if there's, if there's one person on this show that, that writes into the comment section, sell in May and go away, I'm going to get up and leave the desk. I just – nursery rhymes are for kids. They're not for managing money, okay? Just because something rhymes and sounds fun, it's got zero, zero to do with managing money. And if May is a down month, every – ridiculous talking head on CNBC will say to you, see, see, sell a man, go away. It, it's ridiculous. Okay, so please don't bring that up. Don't bring that to this. No, look, you see my shirt? It's an East Hampton Point Maria. This is my captain shirt, right? So got a new boat last week, Going I take it out with the family this week. I can't wait. It's beautiful out there. I live in Florida. It's absolutely gorgeous. I can't wait to get off this desk and go take the boat off the uh, out of the slip, okay? So... Let's don't waste any time talking about things like sell and and go away, all right? Every year is different. We have massive inflows of capital from the Fed, okay? And none of that's changing right now. So the trend is our friend. That's a little nursery rhyme, all right? That one actually works. As long as the market keeps going up, we stay involved. And if we're not creating alpha and we're struggling in some parts of our portfolio, then we have to just keep searching for the right formula and to me this is the right formula let's go look at some charts okay first of all um two of our biggest positions that we started that really in this when this um, most recent leg up began we took our position on microsoft and the things you know shot higher and had a great earnings announcement okay and we have shares of facebook right down here you guys have been watching this show you know I told you right here we're buying. This. this is our chart pattern. We love these patterns. Put position on. Thing is skyrocketing. Okay, take a look at Amazon. Instead of worrying about the news around you, look at the chart patterns. M- big cap tech names look phenomenal. Okay, as a, look at Google. Holy smokes, I've missed Google, and that's just an embarrassment. Okay. Then we had Apple, okay, had blowout earnings in stocks down here. Okay, so now here's what I submit to you. Oh, wait, wait, wait. One more, okay? Sweetheart, I'm in the midst of my um, uh, Saturday show. Yes, love. Can I talk to you later? Yes, just tell me one thing. One the today? Sweetheart, you're live right now. Everyone on YouTube is listening to that question. Can I give you a call when I'm done? <laughs> okay. I'll, I'll call you back. I love you. Bye. Always rule number one. I'm going to put this on my list for my kids. All right. I'm going to put this on the rules of the road. Number one, always answer your mother when she calls. <laughs> um, okay. Tesla. Okay. Watch Tesla closely. As goes Tesla, goes the Arc Innovator Funds and many other funds like it. That was a phenomenal inside-out reversal to the upside. I, I thought Tesla was done for the week, and that would be really a bad sign for the whole market. And instead, it had a huge day on Friday with the market down, which was really bizarre. So follow those stocks. Tesla, Microsoft, Apple, Facebook, Amazon, Google. That makes up a massive amount of the indexes. Those charts look phenomenal. They look like they're going higher, and the earnings numbers are blowouts. This is a market to focus on those types of stocks. Other stocks, smaller names, second-tier names that, are, that we love, that had, that had huge alpha last year, they're getting killed on earnings. They have a tiny hiccup. The stocks are getting crushed. Twitter got crushed. Pinterest got crushed. Okay, so stop fighting it. I'm talking to myself now because I still love those names. I still get caught in a couple of them. But look at what's working and keep focusing your portfolio on what's working. Now, here's the other thing I'll share with you. All right, we're going to get to questions soon. I want to hop to um, the cannabis couch because that's a major part of this conversation. But before I get there, the armor report is building a portfolio. We have our precious metals. We'll talk about that in a minute. And we're building our dividend part of our portfolio. So to me, this year is a year of big cap tech, which is really safety. Lots of liquidity. Okay? This is a year of – and by the way, those stocks underperformed last year. Remember? Look at Amazon. Look at these stocks. They kind of underperform while – our favorite innovator stocks went berserk. The baton has been passed to those names now that have blowout earnings and are dominating the, you know, their businesses, Microsoft, whatever, Apple, okay? And let's, if Apple takes off and it takes out 140, I mean, these are the stocks to be owning and focusing on. Also, I like to put capital into dividend payers, okay? A year like this, the dividend paying stocks and the big industrials, they're really working. Okay, so, you know, what are a couple names like that? I I think, like, IBM is a no-brainer, okay? This is a nice earnings announcement coming out of a huge base. Just find bases like this. They keep working, you know? Um, Lockheed Martin coming right out of that base. Uh, How about waste management? Jeez, that's just an unbelievable runaway. That's the type of year we're in. We got to focus now. Let's get to the cannabis couch, okay? Um, let's get to the cannabis couch. N- you know what? Don't look at me. Look at the chart. All right, MSOS is my favorite way to play the cannabis stocks. Every time I look inside that fund and I look at what managers are doing, they're just all in my, you know, in my. What am I trying to say? All humility. I do a lot of my own research. I've been doing work in this space for three, four years now. I know really a lot of the fundamentals of all of these companies. And every time I look at MSOS, those guys own exactly the stocks that I want to own. So if they owned other things, I wouldn't be talking about MSOS. And I would say I'm buying these stocks. But every time I look inside that fund and I see what the advisor shares are doing with their cannabis position in the U.S., it's all the top names that I want to own at the right allocation. And so that's why I say, I may as well just own this ETF. It's more liquid and it's an easy way to do it. And there's a lot of accounts that I might manage capital for who are not allowed to buy the individual names or you know that kind of stuff. So this is a great way to play it. So for those of you who don't, you don't know, first of all, um, you know, the first place we put the position on cannabis was right here. Okay, on MSOS, you know, came public back here, right? And we bought the stock right here. We had a huge rip last year, and we were selling it out right in here. Okay, and we told you all about it. We were selling out in here. Then it bounced, and we tried the trade again. And when it failed, we got out immediately, and we stayed out. And it went down to 40, and I said to you guys, it needs to close this gap over here. See that? So what did it do? What it did, came right down and closed the gap. And had a meeting bar reversal. So if you're a candlestick analyst, you're going to say to me, that's not exactly the definition of a meeting bar. Well, I've discovered that, you know, when it comes to technical analysis over the 30-plus years of doing this, that exactly what you read in a book uh, is, is, is never what you really see in real life. So at the end of the day, this is a meeting bar, okay? This is an armor meeting bar. Big down bar, big up bar. The lows are almost identical right in here, okay? And it's a close of the gap that we were looking at. That was the beginning of the turn. Now, I didn't buy on that right there. I wait to see how things behave. But when we broke this downtrend right here, anybody that follows me on Twitter, and you can follow me at Brett Rosenthal, and you um, you can certainly subscribe to the YouTube channel here, but you can also subscribe to my um, Twitter feed, at Brett Rosenthal, and you'll get updates um, throughout the throughout the day. And so I said to you guys on that day, this is the day you've all been waiting for. I'm out there putting money to work in my favorite um, US, um, U.S. MSOs and uh, MSOS stock, okay? And by the end of the day, on Friday, we had our full position on, okay? Now, when I say full position, my full starter position And the way I like to do this when I put money to work is I start X percent, and then I earn the right to take more risk. I want to see how the stock and the group behaves, and if it's behaving right, I'll pile on some more. So this was a beautiful up day. I'm curious to see what happens next week, right? Because it's just as simple. This thing could easily reverse and implode next week. Just because we had a couple up days doesn't mean it's up, up, and away. So sometimes what you'll have to do is test 40 again. It'll come back down, test 40, hold it again, and that's when I'll double my whole position or triple it. Okay? Or the thing will run up here to 45 and then build a whole new pattern, like a little cup and a little handle, and I'll double the position a month from now, two weeks from now, depending on how this this, um, chart pattern performs. And if you say to me, well, what if it just skyrockets to 55? Well, guess what? I'm not greedy. I have enough on. If, if from a you know, I try to get on the right side of probability and statistics over and over again when reward is worth risk. That's my job. It's the number one thing on the rules of the road. And so what that means to me is there's this um, emotional reaction that you're afraid this thing is going to run to 55 tomorrow. Okay. But in reality, all of the people trapped in cannabis stocks up here. Um, this is called overhead now. So as it runs up into overhead, there will be days where guys puke out their shares because they're happy to get some money back that they lost because they were buying it at 55. Right? You have to work through the overhead, and so that typically creates things like cups and handles, double bottoms, pennant formations, right? And that's what I'll be looking to buy. So from a statistical standpoint, that's what normally happens. Now, is it true? 10% of the time the thing can rip to 55, of course it can, but I don't bet on 10 percenters. I have enough exposure that if it just rips to 55, I'll be making a lot of money and I'll be fine. But if a normal pattern develops, I'll be able to increase my exposure and that's what I'll be doing. So um, obviously, here's the thing on this show, I generally don't talk about stocks that trade on the Canadian stock exchange that are smaller to mid cap in nature. Um, that don't have a lot of volume. Okay, for two reasons. Number one, I don't, you know, I'm not a carnival barker and I'm not on YouTube or, or, or Twitter or Stock Twitch trying to push my stocks up. I don't need to do that. Okay? So I don't do it. The other thing is, you know, it's just these things are illiquid. They trade on an exchange that is, you know, I'm not I'm not comfortable with. And so I would never be out here saying, go run out and buy these individual names. If you're an Armour insider, you wanna know, you know what I'm doing personally, I share that with you, right? So we have, you know, for the Armour report, um, and we can just take a look at this right here, we have our model portfolios, okay? And in the model portfolio, which you know, we have um, our index only, so I show you what I own there and how I break it down, and then we have our swing portfolio and our invest portfolio that follow different rules. And I show you what I own there. And then when it comes to these cannabis names, these smaller names, I break it out into Brett's personal aggressive account. I mean, it's, it's not something I really want to share, but for Armour Insiders, I'll let you know which are the other names that I'm adding. But suffice it to say When I come on here and I say we're putting money to work at MSOS you know what we're really doing is we're buying MSOS and we're going to our whiteboard and we're looking at our favorite names that are top shelf that have set up correctly and we're adding those names as well and that's what we're doing uh, in the portfolio so we can go over that uh, later. Um, I don't think there's much else to say though about cannabis. I mean there's you know I just think they got ahead of themselves for a while they needed to go through a correction they've gone through the correction It's one of the greatest investment stories of our lifetime, in my opinion, and so I'm going to keep at it constantly. You know, um, just to walk down memory lane for a moment, you know, I've been an investor in this space going back to, um, and this is MJ because MSOS wasn't around back then, going back to here, okay? So we had this big rise. We made some money it, The thing imploded again, Okay. Stepped up, put money to work again in here, had a nice run. And then right in here, which is May of of 2019, I sold every single share of cannabis, even though I thought it was the greatest idea ever. I sold, sold them all. Simply because we follow algorithms and stop losses to protect ourselves from ourselves, right? And we didn't own a share until the double bottom showed up and we started buying shares and it started with, you know, canopy growth. So for those of you who want to know, am I buying Canadian stocks again? See, we were down here. We started buying it in here. Made some money on that run, right? And then we were buying a lot right in here. We were buying the um, the leaps of uh, canopy growth uh, down in here when they were just dirt cheap. And we enjoyed a huge run, okay? I'm not buying the cannabis stocks in Canada now. And so maybe that's something we should spend a bit talking about. I don't... Um, I don't really – all you have to do is look at the statistics. The Canadian cannabis sales numbers are going like this right now. So they've already – they're way ahead of the U.S. They've gone through the process of getting all the uh, um, provinces open, opening up a lot of stores, having their sales go up, all that great, and now we're seeing it taper off. But the real growth story in cannabis is in the U.S., in my opinion. The Canada story is going to be great in, in Canada. It's going to ebb and flow. Okay, It's going to follow a different path. I may own the Canadian stocks again at some point, but I think right now the sweet spot, which is the biggest reward for the risk being taken, is in U.S. names. As we continue to roll through the process of legalization. And I find myself wanting to own these things when nobody's talking about legalization. And I don't want to own these things when everybody's telling me, New York's about to go legal. Everybody already knew it. The stocks were already up. I didn't want to own it, right? So then New York went legal, and the whole stock sold off because everyone sold the news. Now they come down. They make a base. They start to turn, and they'll start moving higher into the next legal announcement, whatever that is. As an example, I just read a story that um, there's a bunch of senators trying to get into the appropriations bill um, some language that states that the federal government cannot interfere with the U.S. uh, state um, decisions and that um, the Justice Department should not be allowed to use any funds to do anything to a state that's allowed for medical or recreational use. That would be big. Would it be federal legalization? No. No. But it would just completely take off, you know, um, uh, take off the, um, the, the, the thought process that there could be any type of retaliation from the federal government. And so who knows? Maybe that would allow New York Stock Exchange and NASDAQ to, you know, move uh, some of these names from the CSE to the U.S. exchanges, which we're all waiting for. You know, that would be a huge move for these stocks, so I don't know if that's going to happen. You know, there's also risks. Like every year, there has to be language in these appropriation bills that says, you know, medical marijuana in states is, you know, is is not to be tampered with. So we're assuming that's going to continue. Those those words will continue, and hopefully they get bolstered. So there's just a bunch of moving parts in this process. And so what I like to do is. Really follow the algorithms, follow the stop losses, but I love when they sync up with the news stories, right? So they think ran up big in front of all the excitement, and then we got stopped out, and the algo said, "You got to go to cash here." New York was announced, and the thing sold off. That's just classic sell the news, and so we didn't have to go through that process. And now we step up, and we start putting money back to work when the chart looks like this. Okay, what what? Just just to remind you before I move on and we get the questions. You know, so I, I'm not, I wouldn't be a bit surprised for this whole thing to implode again, right? And so the question is, what will it do if it implodes? I want to see higher lows. I want to see the 40 level hold up. I might reduce exposure if there's an implosion and look to see how it behaves and then triple the position if the, if the bottoms hold. So it's a, it's a fluid process. It's a risk management process, and that's what I follow. Um, last thing before we go is just, you know, precious metals. I don't want to spend too much time on this. I'm just going to pull up GDX real quick, okay, as a general guide. A um, couple things for you guys to remember. So, first of all, we're, we're down here buying these stocks, and we're making money on the stocks. They ran up. Now they're pulled back. They're trying to hold the 50-day. Here's the only thing I want to say before I get to Q&A. Um, Monday is a bank holiday in the U.K., so trading will be incredibly light. So don't be concerned about, you know, shenanigans that go on Monday morning. Um, and I think China is out of the whole thing. Their, their system is turn, uh, uh, closed until uh, May 6th. Okay, so the first couple days of the week could be dicey because it's just an illiquid market. But that could work in our favor as well. I don't know. It might go up that, in those days. But the bottom line and why we're here, as long as we stay above those lows, we're going to stay here, is because June 28th is rapidly approaching. It's when the Basel III rules change, and we think that's a catalyst that puts these assets up dramatically. End of story. I don't want to go into it in any more detail right now. Um, But... You know, it all kind of boils down to this. If you look at commodity prices, everywhere else, commodity prices are skyrocketing, okay? Only gold and silver haven't gone up yet. So some people say to me, well, then don't bother. They'll never go up because they're manipulated. And I say that's short-sighted and incorrect. And I say that in all humility. Eventually, the manipulation will end. And it's like being in a pressure cooker. It will explode when that's over. And so I try to get my own capital on the right side of probabilities when reward is worth risk. The reward here is so enormous when the wraps come off that it's worth the risk I'm taking. And that's really the whole story to me. Simple to understand, easy to execute. Forget about all the rest and just look at the potential upside versus the risk I'm taking. The risk is the stop. Okay, it hits the stop, I'm out. Okay, that'll be disappointing for a day, and then I'll move on and find the next investment idea. But when the wraps come off of this, the upside should be enormous, and so the reward's worth the risk. And the probabilities are in my favor. That has to do with algorithms. They're telling me I should be long these these assets, and they've been right, right? And I'm not looking for little wiggles, Some people say, well, it popped up, I should sell it. I'm not swing trading this for a little bounce. You can do it. You can do it, man. You can day trade these names. You can swing them, do whatever you want. I'm trying to do something else here. I'm saying I'm playing with the house's money. I bought them cheap. They're up. I'm holding them. As long as they stay above the stops, I think something big's coming. Boom. End of the story. Let's get to your questions. Okay. JM, JM. Greetings, JM. How are you, man? Or J-Y-H. Um, load it up on pins. Um, all right, let's take a look at, um of course, guys, don't um, forget as I go into this, you can subscribe right down here, okay? Take a look at the bottom of the screen. You subscribe to this YouTube channel. You can always subscribe to the Armor Report itself and give me a thumbs up, a little like button action, a little love there. I would appreciate it. All right, let's get into the Q and uh, and A. So first of all, MET looks like you know great, but it's not the type of stock that's working without uh, a lot of shakeouts, all right? So it's working right now. They had that great announcement. Um, of full disclosure: I have totally botched this trade. So um, I put the trade on, and then it you know when the market shook out and they were crushing some you know uh, innovator names on this day, I decided to step out and take the position off and. I feel silly for having done that. Um, But at the same time, I had five other names that were in the cybersecurity space and a lot of them went lower. I mean, I thought FireEye looked delicious. The stock just rolled over and imploded. I thought CyberArk, you know, oops, oops. I thought CyberArk looked, looked great. And that thing just reversed and imploded. Right? So, What I've done is I've shifted my attention to the ETF in this space, which is hack. So I'm hoping it's going to give me less volatility. It'll stay above the stops. I don't have to pick and choose which cybersecurity name will work. But if it stays above the low of this reversal right here, I'm going to stay with this trade. I have a two-thirds position size on. So I'd like to actually increase the position. If this thing holds here and reverses back up, I'm going to make it a full position. And I capture all of those great cybersecurity names. Okay, so that's what I'm, that's what I'm thinking. And what was your other question? Um, praying about precious metals. Yeah, okay. So um, don't forget, guys, precious metals typically go down, okay, the, the last week of the month. Is it really a surprise to you? It should not be, unless you're new to precious metals, unless you're new to precious metals, in which case I'll tell you, if you're a beginning investor in precious metals, the last week of the month, I don't know if it's 80% of the time, but it's probably close to that, the stocks go down. Now, at some point, that'll change, but that's just the way it is, particularly if the stocks have run up into the end, of the end of the month. It's just like that. The end of the month, the last week of the month is always difficult. We just got through it. So now by the end of next week, we should see, you know, what do we have here in these metals, Okay. By the end of next week, Monday, Tuesday, you can get more shakeout, but there's Newmont, my favorite name. And it just came right down to the support. Now, could it go down and test the 200? Sure, it could. <coughs> we'll see. But I'd like to see where we are at the end of the week next week. You're hey, welcome, and thanks for joining me. Thanks a lot for being here. Hey, Ares, what's happening, man? Finally a captain again, Ares. It's the greatest feeling ever. All right. Um, oh, I'm, Eris, I'm talking about my boat. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> All right. Thoughts on UGrow? All right. So I got a lot of knowledge on UGrow. I was on the um, conference call, an institutional conference call with management before they uplisted. Okay. So I had a chance to be part of that deal. And um, uh, I, I, um, You Grow, it's got a good management team. It's a process company. It, it There's nothing about it from a leverage standpoint that gets me very excited. I think that there are better businesses out there that are involved in cannabis that get me more excited. So I'm always looking at uh, opportunity cost of money. I only have so much money I'm going to put in cannabis. Where do I want to put it? And after the meetings with management and and listening to the story and doing the research, it just doesn't get me excited enough to siphon off money from other names to put into UGROW. That's all I can say. I mean, that's all I can say about that. Um, All the things that you write... Um, are are accurate about the company. And it's a conservative, safe, you know, this chart's not going to work for us because that, that ridiculous uplifting, uh, uplifting. This was a trade that didn't make any sense. Whoever traded this just didn't understand the situation and got destroyed. And now it's been uplisted. I, I just, like I said, there, there's other ideas I like more. PYG. Voyager digital. I always count on you, Deb, to give me a an idea I've never heard of. <laughs> you're always digging, aren't you? You're you you're really you're an analyst. So I don't I don't really have any information for you. I mean the chart looks great. Oh, do some research on it, had a nice run, come back down to the 50, held support. You know, if I had done research and I really wanted to own the stock, I could buy it right here with a low of yesterday as the stop. That's your day. That's your breakout day. So let's talk about stop losses and how to set them up correctly. You've got to identify the right entry day, be honest with yourself, and then use the low of that day as your stop. So that's the entry day. The lower the day is your stop. And if you believe in the fundamentals, you put the position on. EVLO. That's an interesting looking chart. uh, Who's on here that um, talked about CRISPR with us? Asked that question last week. Are you on right now? Who was that? Well done. Made me a lot of money. Anyway, look at this stock. I don't, I don't know anything about this Raz and Mataz, but that is a phenomenal chart pattern. And I would say that this is an armor value entry point. Whereas what Deb showed us is probably an armor, um, a hybrid entry point. This is a value entry point. Value to me is not about fundamentals. It's about risk to the stop versus potential reward and, and how tight to the stop we are. So there's a double bottom at the 200-day, which is the green line here, and then a consolidation real tight, which I love, and that's what kind of elevates it for me to a green entry point, right? If it takes out the low, really, a, again, of Friday, you know, you, you would be out of that position. Here's another thought I have for you guys. Let's talk about position sizing for a minute, okay? From a position sizing standpoint, I like to put on... My biggest position size at the start of the trade, I like to have every position have the same size. So let's pretend 5% exposure to any one stock is what I'm willing to do, and I have 20 stocks in my portfolio. I'm going to put 5% in each at the entry point. If we go below the low the day I bought or the or the low of the, the buy day, which which Sometimes you buy a day late, so you've got to be honest with yourself and say, ooh, I should have bought yesterday looking at that pattern. So the low of the entry day. The minute it goes below the low of that entry day, I'll cut the position in half. So, and then carry the other half to the stop if there's a different stop I want to use. And what this does is skew my portfolio to the best performing stocks. Because the best stocks will never challenge the low of the entry day. Let me say that again. The best stocks will never challenge the low of the entry day. Let me show you what I mean. So back here, the entry day off of this tight pattern was right here. Did the stock ever go down and test the low of that day? It did not. It just skyrocketed. Okay? So here what I'm saying is this is the entry day. Just like here, the breakout day, right? So this is the entry day. This is the breakout day. If it goes down and tests the low of that day, you need to cut the position in half immediately. Now, if you say, I want to hold it a little bit longer to see if it wiggles and then goes back up, okay, maybe your secondary stop is the low of that down bar right there, which is 11.66, okay? So I'd cut the position in half if it takes out the low of this day and cut out the other half if it takes out the low of the secondary stop. (coughs) That way, your best positions that go right up after you buy them will have the biggest weighting in your portfolio, and everything else will be muted. Good morning, Quill Hollow. How are you, my friend? (laughs) Don't leave the desk. All right, well, I'm not going to leave the desk as long as nobody says to me sell in May and go away. Amen, Festeroso. Amen. And I've used that example with people so often. They tell me, oh, you just hold it forever. You buy and you hold, it always goes up. Really? How'd that work for GE, for Boeing? I mean, come on, there's there's a litany of stocks that wipe people out that thought they could hold them forever. You can't hold stuff forever. You know, you can for a while until you can't. And it's also something that, you know, makes me think... Um, you know, when you're trying to manage money, you're trying to manage your own money, and you have this period where you underperform the indexes, and it starts to get frustrating for you. Or for me, professionally, it gets really frustrating because I'm working with someone and they say, hey, you're underperforming the indexes. You may as well buy the indexes. And I say, I say fine, go ahead and buy the indexes, right? But don't come crying to me when the market drops 40% in a month and a half like it did last year. Don't cry about it. I don't want to hear from you. You decide to buy and hold the market. You're okay with that. Your net worth drops 50% in two months, and you're okay with that. Hey, man, if you're okay with that, then why are you listening to me? I'm not okay with that. I work too hard for my money. Okay? And I'm also – and so you might – not you, but this person might say to me, well, the market always – the Fed always bails me out. Okay, if you're comfortable with that, that the Fed will always bail you out. Okay. I think we all know, if we're being honest with ourselves, there will be another time in life where the Fed either can't or decides not to, for whatever reasons, bail you out as fast as you need the money. And then what? This is why I have the Armour Investing Way. I may personally, underperform the indexes for a couple of months. And there have been some stretches where I could underperform for six months. And it, I mean, it's terrible. I hate it. I hate it. And guess what? I wave to all those people on their long walk back to the middle, right? Markets imploding. They're panicking. Their outperformance rips past mine. My performance goes like this, and I don't have the agita of my net worth dropping 50%. Anyway, you really got me off on a tangent there, <laughs> So It's so, so important, though. Oh, yeah, IBRX. Let's take a look at that. Yeah, I love the NK story, and I think the IBX story is, is, is great. And I'm glad you brought that up. I'm going to write that down because I, I did want to be part of this again. I'd be I kind of lost track of this. So I'm going, to, I'm going to look at this again um, because at some point we want to own that. It's just a crazy great story that's going on inside there. So, all right. Um, thoughts on THPT. Not a bad chart pattern. Definitely an armor. Um, so what I try to do with you on these Q&As real quick is I don't know all of these stocks, and I'm not going to give you a fundamental opinion on everything. But I'm going to just try to show you what's an armor, you know, what type of entry point are we looking at? This would be an armor value entry point. Anytime you make a bottom right around the 200 day moving average, the upside potential is enormous if you get it right and your stop is so reasonable. You know exactly what your risk is. So the reward to risk is perfect. And so if you like the fundamentals here, all, all I need now is some type of a breakout. You know, so if I was to invest in this stock or look for an investment, I'd be just drawing a simple pattern like that. And I'd say if this thing can close above the highs of these two down bars, which would also go above the black line, which is the 50-day moving average, I could put my trade on and I would use the lows of the 200-day moving average and these two blue days as my stop, so my my stop would be tight. And if this thing goes on its next leg up, it could be enormous, if you believe in the fundamentals. I'm gonna actually do some research on this. I'll put this on my list. I know other guys have been asking me about this, so I'm going to do some research on it. But I will tell you this, uh, Ben. These are not the stocks that are working in this market. That's all I'll say about that. So it might work. We can do research on it. might want to put it on our whiteboard. But these just aren't the stocks that are working in this market right now. You want to know what's working in this market right now? You know, McDonald's. That's the chart pattern that's working right now. You know, and in the market where McDonald's and Starbucks are working, you just don't get char- uh, charge point to really pay the way you think it should, the way it did last year. Peter, how are you? Um, you, you, you. I'm just... Um, I'm not a fan, so let's just go back and, and look at, instead of me telling you what I like and don't like, you know, from a fundamental standpoint, that is the green value entry point. So, what we're looking at up here, at best, is, is I don't even, I mean, I don't like this chart pattern, but, you know, you've got a consolidation going on here. I, I don't even like that pattern, so I can't even call that a hybrid entry point because the pattern doesn't work for me, you know, so... Well, when I'm on this show trying to share ideas with you, and when you guys bring me an idea that I really like, it's when you guys bring me ideas or I bring you ideas that are at the green value entry points, not when we're chasing momentum, particularly not in this market. You could chase momentum last year. You can't chase momentum this year. It's deadly. But if you force me to choose one, I think CCJ's got a better chart pattern. All right, Cloud Claire, excuse me. So you're giving me fundamentals a lot, Jersey. You're giving me a lot of fundamentals. It, fundamentals are what puts something onto a whiteboard. Fundamentals are not what gets me to buy a stock. So if you like the fundamentals here, and I'm not, um, I'm not well versed in the fundamentals, so I can't help you with that. But this is a terrible chart pattern. This is a classic double top disaster that's breaking down below the 200-day and the 50 is crossing below the 200-day. So all your moving averages are pushing the stock down. So before I'd even look at this thing, it would have to recapture the 200-day and set up a pattern that's more bullish. This actually looks like a pattern that I would short if I was into shorting stocks, which I'm not, I'm not. You don't short stocks in a wild bull market. But um, that's my opinion. Hey, it's it, I was wondering if you were out there. Nice to see you, good morning. Okay, so how do you handle the long-term portfolio as far as selling? I'm not exactly sure what you mean by that question. Can you ask that again? Like, what do you mean there? And we can end on this, on this question if you're still out there. Um, how do I handle a long-term as far as selling? I don't know. I mean, I'll I'll answer it this way, and maybe if you type in more of the question. um, How do I handle a long-term portfolio? I'm not sure what you mean. Nothing is long. I don't buy anything with the idea that this is long-term. I let the market tell me what's long-term. I might buy 20 stocks, I guarantee the one that ends up being long-term in my portfolio, I never thought was the one that would be long-term. I mean, that's how it ends up working out. Oh, okay, here's it. Maybe you Oh, okay, yeah. So, okay, so I have a swing portfolio and an invest portfolio. The invest portfolio is, is not treated as often And the way I do that is I try to focus on um, lower beta names, I guess, is the best way to explain it. So I might have a, I mean, I do have a position of, let's say, uh, AT&T, okay, in my invest portfolio. I don't have that in my swing portfolio. I'm not trading AT&T. I'm collecting a fat dividend yield. This base is enormous. As long as it stays above that base, I could be in the stock for years. Or... What sometimes happens is the stock will take off and double or go up 50% in six months. And see, then, then the problem is, if it jumps 50% in six months, you have to look at reward versus risk. Like, how much higher is AT&T really going to go? If you go back and look through history, I mean, it's had its run. So when it has its run like that, I raise my stop up and I leave it alone. And if it takes me out of a raised stop, I book my profit. You know... So I don't ever manage my portfolio for tax purposes. I mean, some people think I'm crazy for that, but I've lived through too many market cycles, and I can tell you this with a fair amount of certainty. The government will always take its piece, but the market will take it all. So if you refuse to pay the government their slice, it's the proverbial cutting off your nose to spite your face when the market starts to implode. That's how I look at it. You know, I know some guys that hold, stock, hold, hold stocks for years and they, you know, they go through wild volatility. If you can do that, there's nothing wrong with it. It's just not my way. I've worked with hundreds of investors. I've managed money for hundreds of investors over my years. I'd say there's about 10% of the client base that's actually able to execute that. That strategy of buying it and not caring what happens to their net worth. Maybe 10% of the people I've worked with can really do that. 90% of the people I've worked with think they can do that, right? And then when the market implodes, they end up selling everything right at the low because they just can't stand the heat anymore. They think they could, but they just can't. They look at their net worth and, oh, my God. I'm down forty percent in a month and a half. I gotta sell it. I mean, it's gotta to go to zero, which is, of course exactly the time where I'm buying stocks. You see what I'm saying? You, you, so, you know, I don't know. I'm gonna put positions in the portfolio, in my invest portfolio. I don't, I don't have positions necessarily in Pinterest in my invest portfolio, but I'm gonna own shares of. Uh, AT&T. I'm going to own shares of Lockheed Martin off of the lows. I'm going to own shares of uh, waste management, right? I'm going to own shares of McDonald's. So you can already see that the names that I'm putting into the portfolio are going to need to be turned less often. The volatility shouldn't be that fierce. If I'm using the right entry point like McDonald's right in the year, You know, theoretically, I could leave this thing alone and just let it move and use the 200-day moving average as my stop if I wanted to be a long-term investor because now the 200-day is above where I bought it. So worst-case scenario, my principal is intact. I give away gains. And then you just leave it alone. I hope that answers the question. Guys, ladies, gentlemen, I appreciate the time you spent with me on a Saturday, I look forward to seeing you all again. Next Saturday, you're gonna see on our on our um, YouTube channel, I'm starting to do brief updates for you every day. So at the Armor Report, for Armor Insiders, we do a, a, a video uh, at 8.30 every morning for the morning meeting and at 2.30 in the afternoon on days where it's relevant, okay? And then what I'm doing is I'm just clipping a piece of those you know, uh, meetings for you and sharing them with you on YouTube, so you can see what we talk about in a small clip. If you want to be a part of our community and become an Armor Insider, I'd love to have you guys. You guys can always subscribe right down here and join us um, and be part of you know the complete discussion on uh, in our morning calls and our two thirty in game updates. But for your um, knowledge, okay, I'm sharing with you just certain parts of those videos that I think are important um, every day on this YouTube channel. So I hope you enjoy that. I hope you have a great weekend. I'll see you all next week. Take care, everybody.